Welcome to the Blackout Podcast, where I get to talk to amazing people who do amazing things. And today I have artist, entrepreneur, founder of Maoya Abstract, Sasha Nolene. Thanks for coming to the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Israel. Oh man, we've been trying to make this happen, but you are a very, very busy woman. That <laughs> <Bet> I am. <laughs> um, so, like, what does Maoya mean, the word itself? So, Maoya is a Shona word. Um, and I'm from Zimbabwe, so um, Shona is one of the main languages that we speak, and it's a direct translation to you are welcome. Oh. So it's something that we say whenever we're welcoming foreigners into our land, or even if it's your sister that you haven't seen in two months and they show up to your house, we say mawia, mashika, so like it's a very joyful thing that just welcomes people into your space. Hmm. And then, so that's the word. Then what's the, I guess, the experience, the idea, the organization about? Yeah, so for for me, um, that's exactly what it is that Mawia aims to create, is just a space that's very welcoming, freeing, open, um, and it encourages people to show up as their authentic selves, mm -hmm. and that's okay. Like, we really encourage freedom of expression. Um, I always say that I learn a lot from the people that I surround myself with. Mm. And um, part of how I built my energy today is by observing other people and like admiring certain qualities in them. And I always used to admire people who could just be themselves in a space and not care about like who's there, what are people gonna say. So. Um, Mawia is just a reflection of that and trying to create that safe space for other people to also just come and like really show me who you are. Mm, mm. And how long has it been? What was the process of setting it up? What was the, actually the first event too? Um, so the first event was in February of last year, so 2022. And it was a Valentine's Day sip and paint. Oh. So... Um, I guess as someone who travels a lot and I also have friends who are entrepreneurs, like sip and paints are things that I saw in other cities. And I was like, I would love to attend something like that. And after being in Halifax for about three years and not seeing anything of that nature, I was like, you know what? Why, why am I sitting here waiting on someone else to do it? Like, let me actually just um, try this out, see um, what kind of uptake we get. Because mm -hmm. I love hosting people. I would always have my friends over for girls' nights. And this time I wanted to open it up to the public and see what their response would be. So um, that was our first event. It was kind of just like a very lighthearted, fun way of just testing out um, people's interest. Mm -hmm. And then we we literally just got an amazing response like it was a very small event we found a space that would allow us to have eight people at a time so we had like three different groups come in so it was 24 people in total oh. um but all at different time slots mm. and it was it was really really fun so that's kind of where this all started from yeah okay let's rewind as a kid what did you want to be growing up um <laughs> completely unrelated but i actually wanted to be a singer what do you sing? I know. 
I actually do. Um, so, like, do you ever <laughs> sing at your show, at your events? I haven't yet. Why? Um, I don't know. I feel like, so as much as I am curating spaces for people to, like, really just come and be themselves, mm. it's also a challenge to myself to also show up and really just be myself and do me and not care about like what people will say. Mm -hmm. um, so I find with each event that I do, I'm getting closer and closer to that. Mm -hmm. And um, next month, actually, I'm like planning to test out like a karaoke style event where like that there's actually a stage for that. You know what I'm saying? So that should be a lot of fun um, just to see where that goes. Do you have a date for? Um, October 1st. Oh, it's coming up like that's already. Quick. It's like next weekend, <laughs> so <laughs> you're okay. the first to know. Oh, okay. Hmm. Okay, 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 yeah. okay. Yeah. So, 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 um, singer. Where did the singing come from? I couldn't even tell you because I am pretty sure it's my mom's side. Mm. Um, because like I grew up in a religious household. So uh, I would be in like the church choir. And then I also started helping out with the children's band. And then in school, in high school, I was in our school choir. So it was very much just like a, I, I just grew up singing. And I'm the only one in my family that really does sing like that. Oh. So I didn't really tap into it any further than high school like i kind of just dropped it there and then so except like singing while you're driving or whatever yeah yeah <laughs> no one really hears do you do like karaoke because i love karaoke i haven't done it in a while though um mm. but yeah I, i'm always what done. is your go-to karaoke song ah oh, that's a really good question um Something by Rihanna. Because oh. Rihanna, so what I love about Rihanna is her range. She can go really deep and then she brings it right back up. And okay. I'm more of an alto. Like I can't go as high because I haven't trained myself too. So um, definitely anything by Riri. Uh, She's my spirit animal. <laughs> She's but she hasn't sung any song in a long while. But if, okay, I fine. Know. So if you were to pick two songs from her, what songs would it be? Uh, probably Rude Boy. Oh, okay. and um, what's the second one that I always go for? I have one that I actually used to audition for like a Broadway show. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, no. What? <laughs> <laughs> See, my dad allowed us to like explore so many different interests when we were young. So I was in a musical um, at some point. What musical? Um, it was Broadway hits and musical bits. So um, it was like a compilation yeah. of different like sister acts. Where was it in? It was in Zimbabwe. Ah, okay. Yeah. So that was a really fun experience. But like I said, again it was like a one time thing and then kind of shifted gears and like started focusing on other stuff. And then okay, so at what point was like, okay, cool, I'm not gonna do the singing thing. I'm gonna be what what did you study? I oh I studied accounting. Why? So that was another push from dad. <laughs> Is <laughs> that was an another accountant? push from dad. He no, he's not an accountant, okay. but um, he identified what my strengths were, just like from looking at my report cards and um, conversations with my teachers. And so, like I personally really loved uh, literature and languages. So I was taking French. I was doing 
English language, English literature, and that's what I wanted to pursue in university because I love to write, I love poetry, I love reading, always mm -hmm. did. Um, but when I brought up that idea of doing like a Bachelor of Arts, my dad was like, I'm not paying for that. <laughs> he straight up told me, he was like, I'm not sending you all the way to Canada to go do a Bachelor of Arts. Right. So he's like, you need to do a business degree, possibly follow accounting because you're good at it and you will be set up yeah. right after you're done with school. People are always going to need an accountant. Exactly. And he wasn't wrong. Like, honestly, the kind of person I am is like, I am a very, it seems like I'm a big risk taker, but I take very calculated risks. So like accounting really worked well for me because I had a job before I graduated. Mm -hmm. I knew exactly like where I was going to be situated and it gave me a lot of peace. Mm -hmm. But I was yet to find out that that was not the path for me. What led to that discovery? So after I graduated, I worked for close to four years for a big firm. And in that time frame, I got to work in like three different departments, which is really like not a very common thing that people do. People usually start out in, in like the audit group because, you know, that's the one that hires the most and you get the most um, experience in a very short space of time. Um, so I started doing audit and after second year, I was going to be promoted to senior, but I was like, auditing is not for me. So I left that department before I Why did you leave? I left because I, I couldn't take it anymore. It just well, it, okay. it was not speaking to me. What didn't you like about it? Um, the workload, firstly, was like very intense. It was a lot of work. So for like someone I meet that doesn't know, all I know about auditing is when they're like, hey, where's your receipts and stuff? Right. What, what does it really involve? Yeah, so auditing is, that's the basis of what an auditor does is that like, we review um, financial statements and like accounts that have been prepared by like your bookkeeper, for example. And so what we're doing is we're just fact checking. We're recalculating. We're asking for receipts for amounts that are above, um, you know, a substantial amount just to make sure that like a company's reporting is accurate. So um it's, it's cool because you actually get exposed to a lot of different industries. I worked for like a, a whole number of different industries. Um, but I also, <laughs> I found that I felt like I was nagging a lot. Because sometimes we'd be asking for receipts right. for like $2 items. <laughs> and I'm like, the company is like revenue is like, they're, they're worth $2 million. Why do we care so much about something so tiny? So I was just like, this is not me. And people don't like auditors. <laughs> I, worked, I worked on a client once where when it was our final day of work, it was the final day of the audit, they literally invited us to pop champagne with them in the boardroom to celebrate the end of the audit. <laughs> I was like, I don't know whether to be offended or to... No, I mean, I guess they're like, you know, it went well, everything is okay, they're celebrating, you know. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, it just, people just did not have the best um, reception. Okay, so you moved, us. where did you move to? So I now moved into risk and compliance. What was that? So it's internal audit. So essentially what I was doing before was external audit, which is like required of certain um, companies, 
by the government, they have to do it. So mm. by virtue of having to do something, like I said, nobody likes to do anything that they have to do. But with internal audit, um, it, you get a lot more of a... I guess people are more welcoming of you because they, they actually are seeking you out to come in and like take a look at their structures, take a look at their systems and tell them like, okay, so this is what's currently in place. This is where you guys want to be and this is how you can do it. This is how you can get there. So you're essentially just auditing um, specific departments of theirs and helping them um, to make system improvements. So... Mm -hmm. That was pretty interesting. I only worked in that department for about a year and a couple of months mm -hmm. because shortly after that, um, you know, I, I really bonded with my team there and with the partner. And I had mentioned to her that I was trying to start an initiative where we could offer financial literacy workshops for free to um, black entrepreneurs, small black businesses and organizations because um, I'm somebody where whenever I'm getting something done, whether it's my hair, my nails, um, any personal service, I try to find uh, black service providers. And within that time, you know, we're having conversations, we're talking, and as an accountant, you know, I kind of want to know, like, so what do you know about, like, your finances, about taxes, about, mm -hmm. like, just budgeting overall and a lot of the times I found that people were so blank and there was so much that I took for granted as an accountant myself where I'm like everyone knows this mm -hmm. everyone knows how to start up a budget but then I realized that like actually no there's a, a big gap in like the information that's available to us mm -hmm. and so I was trying to start this initiative where um we could offer this service for free to black organizations. And um, she kind of picked up on the fact that I was interested in like DNEI initiatives, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and so the partner went and spoke to another partner in a different province about like transferring me into a department where they focus more on those types of initiatives mm -hmm. but within like the public sector so working with government um so that transfer happened very quickly and then i moved into management consulting so that was like the final department that i worked in before i finally left the firm um, you, can, you can't just like brush past that so what's management consulting <laughs> you're not gonna let me no just... <laughs> no no so management consulting is basically it's, it's what it sounds like. So um, companies will hire you as a consultant for their projects. So um, the group that I worked with specifically um, helped with government departmental transformations. So if a specific department, let's just say the Department of Transportation, mm -hmm. says that they want to make improvements to the transport system because they've been hearing complaints that like, you know, the buses are always late or the app doesn't update um, frequently enough, then they come to us as consultants to um, do all the grunt work that goes behind um, transforming some of the systems mm -hmm. and redesigning some of those systems. So a lot of these projects are like long-term projects, mm. um, like five years, uh, very long 
engagements because mm-hmm. you're working to really understand the root of the system, mm. what it entails, and, and, and trying to provide value in terms of like how to improve it. Wow. Yeah. Um, so the, I asked that because there's a show, I can't remember the title of the show now, but it was about all these consultants. All they do is just fly around. I'm telling you. That's all they do, just fly, <laughs> of like three days here, yeah. they'll be like, oh, let's see your thing. Oh, this doesn't work, but it was a cool show. I can't remember the name of the show now, but it was really cool. Yeah. I'm laughing because my friend sent me a TikTok that was like, asked, like it was a guy who was like, what do con- management consultants actually do like what is your job (laughs) and he went around asking like a bunch of people and no one could give a straight answer (laughs) and it was like okay so it sounds to me like all you guys do is make pretty presentations (laughs) and charge people a billion dollars and I was like (laughs) kind of sounds a bit accurate (laughs) yeah 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 uh that show was great I can't remember the show I'm sure I'll google it after yeah please so um I mean you know you you're your trajectories, you're, 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 where you, you're making some cash and you're like, nope, I don't want this money. <laughs> Why would you leave that? Um, well, I, I, I'll be honest and say that like, when I really reflect and I look at, you know, all the departments that I was going, going into and moving around, mm-hmm. like I, that was me trying to find my place, trying to find where I belonged within the firm, like really trying to find a, a, a solid ground where I could say, okay, this is where I, I should be. I'm doing something that's meaningful. It like fulfills me. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't finding that. I wasn't finding that. And I feel like when you are showing up just because, you know, you have to, and this place is like, it's paying for your bills. It's it's covering your meals, um, but you're not actually passionate about it. I feel like it it shows. You know what I'm saying. So, um, I just found that like I was getting very burnt out very quickly. It didn't matter what kind of work it is that I was doing. It mm-hmm. was just I was burnt out. I was um, stressed out, and yeah, my mental health was really just on the decline. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I guess you kind of get to a point where you're just like, okay, is it worth the consequences to my overall mental health Mm. for me to keep on, you know, putting myself in this space or should I consider alternatives? Mm. So, yeah, I I really got to that point. And I feel like four years is a lot. That. That's long. I mean, there are people that are like, For oh, our day and age? That's <laughs> like, oh, I put in my time. I really did. Okay, so <laughs> what were the options you had looking in front of you? So the options I had were, you know, obviously applying to other accounting firms. Like, a lot of people who leave tend to go into industry where, like, you have more of a work-life balance and, you know, you're possibly getting paid more to do less than what you are doing currently. Mm -hmm. So that was an option. Or um, I had the option of, you know, maybe going back to school to do something else, something um, more creative, like maybe marketing or like something in communications, you know. Um, And then the third option was, you know, I have an existing business 
Mm. I have something that actually like every single time, no matter what, whenever I'm in that space, <clears throat> it, it brings me so much like I, I just feel empowered. I feel like I belong. I feel like this is like what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. those, my, those were my three options. Mm -hmm. And so I did like um, a month of career coaching and, you know, I was working with a mentor and, you know, just specifically trying to figure out if I make this pivot, what is that going to look like? Mm -hmm. And so it was really stressful. It was very stressful because I also just qualified as a CPA. So in my books, I'm like, okay, do I throw away all of this hard work that I've put in, you know, grinding for this long to get the CPA mm. and then just leave that in the dust? Or do I keep doing what people, what society, what would look good for society, which is basically, oh, you got your CPA. So now, you know, you get to go work in tax audit somewhere. <laughs> And the thought of that literally almost killed me. Whoa. I was like, I, I can't. I cannot. So um, ultimately, you know, I kind of, I, I became very intentional about the fact that from that point on, I was only going to apply to jobs that actually spoke to me. I wasn't just going to do the numbers game of like throwing out my <laughs> resume and hoping that something sticks. Mm. I was like, nope, I would, if I have to put in one job application a week, I, I'm going to do that. And, you know, thankfully, I was in a position financially where it's like I've got savings and I, I have the ability to slow down and like not be in a panic or in a rush to move on to something else mm. um and so i just decided like yeah i'm young i don't have kids don't have a husband so why not take this time and actually take a bit of a risk and see where it takes me uh and then you you were strolling <laughs> you walked you got to the edge of this cliff <laughs> which which where did you decide to dive to <laughs> so where we're at right now Okay, check with me, check back with me in a year. But where we're at right now is, you know, I've decided to fully throw myself into my business and into scaling that up because I see it as having so much potential. There's so much untapped potential, especially when I think about the fact that I started this with a full-time nine-to-five job. I was doing my exams, like writing my exams and like studying in Toronto, because you get like a, I think we, we took like three months leave from work to be able to study for and prepare for the exam because it's a really big, um, it's a really big exam. So I was in Toronto, like still being able to run events in Halifax, just with my team and the support of my team. Mm. And things were going well, like the lights were still on. And I'm like, damn, so if I have a nine to five, I'm writing my CPA exams. Literally the day after my final exam, um, you know, we had been asked to come host a student orientation week at Dow. And so it's like I'm planning for I'm planning for these exams, but I'm also planning this event and like getting supplies. And it was crazy. I was genuinely like, I hope I pass this exam because <laughs> I put in a lot of time and there's a lot of money. Right. But, you know. I had to still keep things going with Mawia at the same time. Mm. So for me, it's like looking at that 
if it could be as successful as it was mm -hmm. and and imagine how much more it could be successful if it had my full time my all my energy so that's kind of how i made that decision to really start making my five to nine my nine to five um so that's where we're at right now okay so well let's talk about the team how did you pick your team how do you decide the people you work with yeah so honestly um so this business started out with just myself and um, another artist robert right so Originally, the agreement was, okay, so I'm the coordinator, the event organizer, um, the host, and then he's the artist that actually gets to lead because he's the skilled one, right? And so um, with each event that we would host, we would start identifying faces that would show up frequently. And, you know, you have conversations with people. Some of them are very overt about their interests, you know. Our DJ, I met him once and he was like, yo, I DJ, this is my card, gave me his card. And from there, he's been our resident DJ. With other people, it took a little bit more of like, okay, let's figure out where we can place you. Mm -hmm. um, and like one of my favorite stories from that is just, um, so our creative assistant, she showed up, she was really shy. She was like, oh, I'm kind of into photography. I'm not really sure, you know, this and that. And so we were like, yo, you can join the team. She joined and, you know, um, she started taking pictures. We got her taking videos. Um, and now, you know, she started her own podcast. And if you look at the pictures that she took then compared to now, like, mm -hmm. it's so crazy to see the improvement. Like, she was taking pictures at Halifax Fashion Week and she was up there with the big boys. So uh, shout out to Michelle. Like, she's really amazing and so that's kind of how we grew the team was just identifying people that would consistently show up to our events that had a passion passion enough that like at the end when we're packing up they're like how can i help i want to help pack up they don't want to go home you know what i'm saying so it it was very enlightening to witness because i was like oh like you, you could have easily just been like, I paid for this experience. <laughs> Thank I'm out of here. Much, Thank you yeah. so much. But they still wanted to be there and like help pack up. And they're like, oh, when's the next one? So mm. that's kind of how we grew the team to where it is now. And in the last year, how many events have you had? This year? Like since you or, started? Uh, since we started. Oh, my gosh. Um, so because we do both public events that are open to everyone and then private events where, you know, people will book us for their birthdays, date nights um how does that work the private one let's talk about that so with the private ones we have like a booking request form you fill that out you tell us you know what it is that you're looking for are you trying to plan an anniversary we ask for a little bit of information just so we can really uh curate it to what your needs are mm -hmm. um so one of the date nights that we were booked for was someone who was trying to repair a relationship with their lover, you know. And so, you know, all of that speaks to the, How you create the painting that we're going to create for them and the kind of Wait, so it's just these two people that did the thing? Like, um, like, with that, like with that private one, was it just this couple, just the two of them? Yeah, you can you can book us for that. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. so also, you know what? I, I tried that thing. Like, we should be honest, not everybody can paint. Like, I've yeah. tried it. My sh It looks so bad. <laughs> Even the way you're... I'm like, that's how you hold a breath. 
I'm like, what am I, you know, because I've tried it, it's like, it just doesn't work. So anyway, yeah. so she did it, or, you know, this person did it for their, their relationship. Yeah. And how would you, like, how would that work? Not to fix the relationship. Yeah. But like, you know, when you, when you got all these facts, how would mm -hmm. you design the experience for them? So what we did was, you know, we asked for a picture of the couple just so we could see like what they are like. And then I asked my artist to recreate um, an image of them. And the image was, you know, something very like intimate because you can choose whether you want modest or risque. Um, and that's part of our booking process. So they wanted something that was more risque. So we just created, like, recreated almost like an intimate scene with the both of them, but using their pictures so we could, like, they could see themselves on the canvas. Um, and so there's options for, you know, do you want, like, a bottle of wine? Would you like charcuterie? Would you like, you know, what kind of playlist would you like? Like, so all of these things are uh, things that are factored into the experience. And then... Um, I, I feel like because I'm someone who like naturally just loves to bring people together, mm. um, when I host, I'm very like, I keep those details in mind in terms of like, okay, so if people are trying to repair a relationship, what kinds of games could they play or, you know, um, activities could they do outside of just the painting that mm -hmm. could help them achieve that? So that all goes behind the scenes of planning a specific experience for like a private booking. How long would such an experience be? So you can book anywhere between two to three hours. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, they're still together, I guess. Well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, as life would have it, she ended up showing up to the event with a friend because they broke up before the, before the event happened. happened. Okay. So, you know, that's life. She still made a day of it. And mm -hmm. I was happy that she still showed up. And, mm -hmm. like, she was with a very supportive friend. And they seemed to just enjoy it. They kind of changed up the, the canvas because, you know, you're, you're able to do that. Um, so they switched it up so that they painted, like, friends. She still painted herself and her lover. And I feel like that was part right. of the healing process for her. Right. But it was also just... See, this is my favorite part about like every experience and every event that um, we host is the fact that there's so much vulnerability and so much rawness that comes from the art that we do mm. um, and from the conversations that we're having. So, you know, when it's spoken word, so much rawness. When it's even with the paintings, we're getting people to really tap into themselves, tap into... Um, parts of themselves that they are probably trying to sweep under the rug. Mm. So she mm. she really mentioned how happy and how healing that experience was for her. And I was just like, you know what? Um, that's more than I could ask for. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's profound. Okay, so let's let's keep the private ones aside. And right. then just the public ones, how many of those have you done so far? Um, so public ones, we've been hosting once a month. And oh, kept that literally monthly. That's yeah. a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, oh, trust me. Yeah. And this past weekend, um, for the first time, like we hosted back-to-back -back events. So an event on Saturday and an event on Sunday. And I almost passed away. I was like, I'm what never was doing the, this what again. On Sunday? What were the two events? 
So the one on a Saturday was an immersive sip and art experience. What, what does that involve? Um, it was so exciting. So over the, the past year and a half, my team has created amazing artworks for these different public and private events. And so we just have all this artwork and we decided to create like an outdoor art gallery with all of the work. Mm. Um, and then I also reached out to some other artists to get their work on the display if they wanted to like sell it in future to someone, you know. So we just created a space where it's like outdoors on a patio, um, live art gallery. And then we had um, a, an artist guiding people through their paintings. And the theme was like sunset and silhouettes. So we painted sunsets with different silhouettes on the canvas. Okay. Yeah. And what was the next one? The next one was called Sunset and Shisanyama. So Shisanyama is a... Ah, you're from South Africa, so you understand this. So Shisanyama is a, is a Southern African concept of just like... That's being bright. outside. Exactly. Being outside... You're barbecuing, or we like to say brying meat. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's music. It's just vibes. It's very calm, though. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not a, you're, you're going there and you're going to be doing legworks. Like, it's just you're, you're chilling with your friends. You're outside smoking shisha. There's, you go and order your, your bry pack. You have meat. And then, you know, it comes. And as the night progresses, everything is a buildup. Like, even the music starts to get a bit more. That's where you start to see people dance. Like, it's more towards, you know, not the end of the night, but the middle of the night and, and towards the end. What part of town was it? Oh, so this happened in Bedford. Okay. Yeah. Both uh, events were at the same place or different places? They were in different places. So the sip and paint was actually here in the North End. Um, and then this other one was on Bedford Highway. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you've like, what happens to accounting now? I mean, are you the accountant of... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm everything. Okay. I, I yes. I, I feel like... The way that I take it is I did everything that I experienced up to this point mm. was only to help me in terms of like bettering my business. Mm. So there's no one who can steal from my business because I, I know the numbers through and through. <laughs> I keep, oh my God, I keep records from day one, literally from February. If you ask me what were your numbers from that you very first the $2 receipts and stuff. I keep everything because I was an auditor, right? right. So I know exactly what we'll be looking for when mm. we ask for evidence. So, um, yeah, I feel like my CPA experience really did help me to like just understand not only the numbers side of things, mm -hmm. but also from an analysis standpoint. Mm. Um, I have something really exciting coming up um, that I will be able to share later. Mm -hmm. But I will say that it's from my CPA experience of being able to um, do a case study of like someone else's business, mm -hmm. look at their pain points, and then come up with like a, a proposal, um, some sort of like deep analysis of like, okay, this is how we can start to improve that. And mm. I recently put that uh, to use and I'm very excited about that. So yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let go of it. I'm still gonna keep my my letters once I get them because I still haven't gotten them. Wait, what what 
So wait, what are letters? So for you to add CPA to your name, um, you actually have to have all of your like years of experience approved, oh. and then you have to pay a me an annual membership fee. This fuck. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> why did they? Why did they do that? I went though? to school. Right, I right, put right. in the grant work, and I still have to pay. Do, what do you get? back from them like so you get the cpa thing when you pay your whatever the month yearly fees what do you get Swag. in return you're like Swag. i'm a cpa <laughs> that's, that's about it <laughs> yeah like i mean you are um required to keep up with like trainings and and things like that so that Oh yeah, it comes with a whole lot. It's like it the project management thing. You just like have to keep it going, and oh man, yeah, it's yeah. a scam. It really is. <laughs> it's not like somebody figured out how to keep making money. Like, so, um, you know, there's the body, right? Right. And then they have to like pay from all the CPAs. Is it like, um, you know, like national or global or? Um. So as far as I'm concerned. It's global, but in different countries, they call oh, it different things. Okay. So in Zimbabwe, you're just a CA, a chartered accountant. But if you came to Canada, you'd have to convert be your qualification CPA. and redo parts of the work to become a CPA. Wow. So. Okay. So we've talked about kind of how to do the, the private one, but right. like with the public one, and since it has to be monthly, you kind of have to plant two or three months ahead at it go, right? That's what you would think. Oh, wait. <laughs> That's what you would think. You have to do it monthly? I'd be planning events like the week before. Because <laughs> I like to live life on the edge. Oh, my God. Like, so, no. see, the way, the way that I hope things eventually start to go is mm -hmm. like what you've said, where we have a, a long-term 12-month view and we can say, okay, in December, boom, 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 this is you know, as it, I'm in January planning for December. Yeah. That is the ideal. As things are right now, or as they have been, it's been very much like, you know, um, on a month-to-month -month basis. Why is just. that, though? So that was really um, attributed to the fact that I just, I had my 9-to-5, so I didn't oh, have the time to be able right. to. And, and especially because we don't have um, a physical space of our own. Do you need a physical space, though? Yeah, we need a physical space to be able to host. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. What okay. I mean, it's like, kind of like how you do now. You you get the places rented or booked or whatever. Right. So, okay. What would having a Maoya space do for you, I guess? Let me tell you. Okay. Having a space, first of all, would mean that I don't have to keep all my equipment in my small one-bedroom apartment because that is just turning into a logistical nightmare i'm like okay this suitcase is everywhere <laughs> and i i'm an aesthetic person so it does bother me i'm like oh my gosh this is not the vibe uh... this is not the vibe um secondly that would really allow us to create our own calendar of events right because as things are right now part of the hustle is that I have to go and speak to a lot mm. of like venues and then we have to agree on like rates, charges, um, percentages and things like that, minimum mm. spend. So it's a lot of negotiating, a lot of talking. And I find that like um, that takes a lot of time. And then by the time they've agreed, sometimes I only literally have one week to market oh that event. God. And it's it's crazy yeah yeah that's not enough so how do you like 
the marketing, how does that work? Um, so with the marketing so far, like we've really just been using Eventbrite and Instagram. Mm. Oh man, your Instagram is dope though. I gotta yeah? say, I gotta Thank say. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate yeah. that because like, yeah, it's been, it's, it's all, it's stressful. Like being an entrepreneur means you are literally wearing all the, all things. the hats. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So if I don't post, that means there's not, y'all are not going to get anything for the next month. Mm. And that puts a lot of pressure on me because I'm just like, oh my gosh, like sometimes the content is there, but you know, when just mentally you're not in the space to be posting things. So, um, that's been a bit of a struggle, but mm. we'll 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 find our way around it. Mm. Um, yeah, it's really just been Eventbrite and Instagram so far. Wow, you have so many events coming. You have like the private ones, the public ones. You, I guess, you have other things you are handling in your life that I'm thinking we have to have a part two of this. Yeah, but please. before I let you go, though, I wonder how do you take care of yourself. That's a great question. See, that's something that I'm really, like, I've always been super intentional about. And I think particularly around the pandemic, mm. I, I really made sure that even before I showed up to work, mm -hmm. I had to do at least one thing for myself in the morning. So whether that's like um, yoga or meditation or going to the gym, I made sure that I would just prioritize that and then go to work. So that like work wouldn't take over my life. Mm. So as an entrepreneur, I'm now regaining that balance. I'm trying to re-envision that, right? Because I don't have to sign in at 9 a.m. Mm. I can technically sign in at 2 a.m. 2 p.m. if I wanted to. Um, but I still need structure and I still need to like find those pockets. Um, but I really do love small things like taking bubble baths. Going for walks. Do you use those things? Those things. The bath bombs? Yeah, 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 yeah. Those things, like. And uh, rarely, because oh, okay, I don't okay. know that they're. Uh, I don't know that they're good for you. But <laughs> anyway, okay. I haven't actually done the research, but yeah. So bubble baths, walks. Um, I like to. I like one-on-one -on -one conversations. I find those to be very like this right here. This is my vibe. Mm. Um, that's very therapeutic for me. Yeah. Wow. So. You know, we didn't even talk about your modeling. We didn't talk oh, about all those other things <laughs> and your writing. So definitely we have to do a part two of this. Yes. But I just want to say, Sasha, thank you so much for coming to the podcast Thank today. you, Israel. You are such a great host. Like, I feel like we just got started. <laughs> like, has it been 45 minutes yet? It's been a while. That's crazy. Thank you so much. Thanks, Israel.